Hello and welcome once again back to Marketing the Unders with Sally and Sam. And now it's part two for our podcast. Anyway, I'll be quiet and I'll let you carry on and listen to our conversation. Enjoy. I mean, that's the crucial thing. Would you say that the communication really then, the ongoing communication and checking in is important because, of course, businesses change, don't they? I mean, you could be in a position where you, know, you feel you've got everything working together, but then you lose certain members of the team or perhaps as we see at this moment massive external pressures are are enacting upon all of us at the moment and therefore do you think this sort of this regular would I describe it as a health check almost alignment health check is important do you think that's the thing we should do I I think there are two things I think there's communication but also I think there's understanding what each of the other people do as well I I, many years ago used to work on the McDonald's account um, for the European McDonald's account and you physically had to go and work in McDonald's for two weeks to be able to work on the account so you understood exactly how the brand worked and was portrayed to consumers. And it was a real eye-opener because you really then understood what, it's, you know, what the brand stood for and where it was. And, and, and I think quite a lot of bigger companies, and I know they kind of go and have, you can go and kind of do a, a job swap. So sales can go into marketing for a couple of weeks and vice versa and go into branding. So you understand different aspects of what the, the bigger picture looks like rather than just being siloed and going, oh, all I've got to do is hit my target in sales, there's a bigger picture. My marketing budget is this, and I'm just running this campaign. You know, you understand, people understand why they're doing it and why they're doing other things on, on the periphery as such. But I think are we, are we, businesses are driven by top-line sales at the moment. Well, in my opinion, they are. And it's all about the results on a Friday, the results at the end of the month and the results in the quarter. Is it too much shortism in the, in the view of the business and the expectations set at the top? I, I believe that is, and I believe that just slowing that process ever so slightly to give people understanding around the rest of the business reaps rewards a, a couple of months down the line, uh, maybe even a couple of quarters down the line, where they can understand what the impact of a decision they've made in marketing for argument sake impacts on sales, brand operations, or, or even further afield in, in, the, in the business as well. So I agree with you, Andrew. I think that understanding how the business actually operates, who its core market is, what its message is, how it wants to get there is, is key. <clears throat> and that's, again, I hate to come back to the John Lewis example, but it's very, very similar with that, again, where they are aligned. The business understands, the individuals in the business understand what they're there to do. They're not there to sell bread, eggs, milk. They're there to provide the best possible service to an individual shopping for their food or whether they're buying a TV to provide the best service. And actually that comes full circle with people coming back to purchase stuff at a later date. I never, 20 years ago, I never envisaged coming from a lexical retail of Curry's and Dixon's. I never envisaged shopping in John Lewis very often, but it's my first port of call every time now. Am I right in saying, I think that the, I mean, there's the the, the main big store in High Wycombe, you know, where they have their sort of offices and everything. Don't they have um, every single manage, management uh candidates and trainee they all have to serve you're saying about going to mcdonald's or serving on the shop floor as it were they all have to do i think i'm right in saying in terms of an hr process they all have to be doing the jobs all around the business to begin with so they get very early on straight away that understanding of again this is how the brand's represented actually you know where the action is with with the with the customers as well so that must be one process i suppose which they have in place which helps to perpetuate that i suppose over the uh 
the generations have actually it's been around for such a long time. Well, I think um, during the, the, the COVID period, certainly the first lockdown, uh, Waitrose Distribution Centre is not too far away from where I live. And the staff were, and it's, it's a, an office as well for purchasing and buying, et cetera. And um, the staff were kicked out of the offices and, and put into stores to to support the stores in keeping the stock and keeping the shelves full. And speaking to a number of staff, who weren't in uniform, they were in a, a shirt and a, and a pair of jeans, stacking shelves. And, you know, are you agency staff? You know, no, we come from head office because we understand that actually this is about the brand delivering what it says it needs to deliver, which is customer service. We've got stock in the shelf, we've got stock in the warehouse, but we're going through stock and um, products faster than we can replenish. And at the time, they couldn't recruit. So getting people that experience on the shop floor, um, certainly for me, um, seemed to reap lots of rewards for them in many ways that they probably still don't understand. It's interesting because I think you have to be honest to do alignment. Uh, you have to be keen and you have to be honest. And I think one of the main things businesses possibly need to do is I would be very surprised if every single business couldn't find an example of a moment when being not aligned was a real genuine problem so that um, marketing had put out a campaign without talking to sales, what, what was what was going to be expected, saying, OK, everyone, uh, we will pack up all your product in a special Christmas box with a bow on it for Christmas. Just buy it online and that'll be fine. Great. And we launched this campaign, off it went. And operations had kittens. They said, what do you mean we've got to put all these box, all these books in a box and put, put a bow on top of it? We haven't got time in the warehouse to do that. Um, and I think you need to real, come up, sit down carefully, look at your business and say, can we think of a time when a, not being aligned mattered? And I'd be very surprised if people can't think of one. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting, actually, because I, I remember, I mean, a typical um, a business I was involved with a number of years ago where it was it, there was a typical... Um, I was actually, I suppose, the crux of misalignment, actually, I would say. Um, so this was to do with actually planning of, of uh, how much um, space we could give to certain promotional uh, campaigns, which were promised to, to clients from, from, from the sales side. But there were, those, there were about three different sales teams and, and me as well. And then other pressures from internal uh, people looking to, you know, get, get space, basically, in, in, in a communication. And this was a weekly meeting and um it, there was this sort of um you know vi literally it was like just a horse trading market really which i had to preside over on a regular basis and then looking back you think gosh if there'd have been a better way of of doing this we could have realized so many more opportunities rather than just solving a problem we could have had more opportunities because regularly um you'd have the sales guys coming on saying oh well i've promised this and this that and the other to a new client and what can you do for me? Um, or rather, you need to do this somehow and make it work rather than us coming together before that meeting had happened and going, well, actually, why won't we try this or we could try and do this? And it made me think actually about um, whether, you know, better aligned teams are more innovative and, and can actually, you know, they, they, if they've got better flows of communication about what the customer needs and, and where the market's going, perhaps as well. As you say, if you've got one in their silo just performing to their own metrics, effectively, or their KPIs, um, and that's all they're focused on, if you're actually focused on, you know, this freer flow of communication and understanding of what, what the customer needs, surely you've got a better, again, ecosystem for, for innovation, would you, would you say? I w one would hope so, absolutely. And that, I mean, more, more eyes on a problem often solve it, so that if marketing is finding it particularly difficult to find leads for this particular sales team, 
don't just, I mean, it's important not to sit there and huff going, oh, God, this is a nightmare. Why don't you go and talk to the sales team and say, let's spend half an hour actually sorting out where we think these leads are, how we can find them. Because it could be that sales is pissed off they're getting the wrong leads because nobody's ever talked to marketing about exactly what kind of leads they want. You know, they think, oh, God, a whole load of leads from Austria. We're not interested in Austria. But nobody's told them. So we need that kind of alignment, and it can it can solve things really quickly, and it'll change. It is possible, although being aligned takes some time, and reaping the benefits takes some time. There can be some really good, quick wins to it. All of a sudden, marketing isn't wasting its time finding purposeless leads because they've started talking to each other, or they both recognise the main target that sales and marketing should share, but very often don't. I think I, I think also what we want to do with Connect is be able to give those silos the confidence to speak out and be different and to have that that education and understanding that actually don't sit there and keep shtum you know if you've got a great if you're in sales and you've got a great marketing idea that you know is going to work in sales go and chat go and start doing it. have those conversations start having those communications don't close in those communications so i know lots of businesses you know have this open door policy but reality how much does that work and i think with Connect, what we want to do is actually break down those and go, actually, everyone should be the same, you know, have the confidence to understand it and align it. So then you can then change for the better. But that's all about that is, that is Connect, isn't it? That's about that alignment piece, uh, finding that common language, the common goals. And, and Sally and I, we, we, we talk about this all the time around marketing, working on programs two to three quarters out and sales is still looking for a program in this month never mind this quarter <laughs> um so by you know we've already mentioned around having sales strategies and marketing strategies why do they need to be two separate strategies you know the, the world is changing and you know i see it from a sales perspective where people are more more have more marketing bent or slant and, and vice versa so why can't we one and the same much though i hate the word this word smarketing that that's exactly what you're talking about, Nick. You, you know, that's what we should be. Marketing and sales should mind the same thing to a certain extent. Yeah, and it, it, it's interesting. Um, you said about having the confidence as well to, to, to speak up and, and, and actually everyone there to have that ability to honestly share. I suppose a lot of it is about that honesty, isn't it? And I suppose the beauty of having this external perspective is the you can go in with a totally independent um, view of things and say, look, this is just what we've discovered. And you're treating everyone equitably in terms of how you're investigating what how they operate what's going on so i suppose that's that's incredibly valuable from the kickoff isn't it really you're just getting that that independent analysis of look this is where things are um and then you can start working on the um the, the improvements the changes which may not be you know completely groundbreaking and and, and massive though so they could they could be smaller um adjustments uh, potentially which which then go on to help yield greater results i suppose it's for the teams to have confidence that they can kind of, you know, talk about their frustrations and their ideas that doesn't go straight to the board and is then just poo-pooed straight away. It's then, you know, and, and I'll guarantee that kind of sales will say something very different to what marketing will say to what brand will probably say. And there'll be three very different, you know, iterations or rationales of what each of the others do. And what Connect try and do, what we'll then try and do is take that and then pull all the bits of the key bits together and go, actually, now this is where we need to move forward to make you succeed and transform your, your growth. It, it speeds up 
bold decisions. You're absolutely right. If sales, marketing and brand can come together and say, this is what we're suggesting, the board don't have to juggle all these different suggestions. Oh, which one is more important? Is this, is it, which idea is best? So it actually speeds up board decisions, which might mean that you're going to see a genuine um, change in revenue quite quickly. It's not something that um, you have to wait forever for alignment to make a difference if the board is making more coherent decisions. And, and for me, that the part of what Andrew was saying um, resonates as well, again, about how we go to market and connect and who we engage with, because engaging too far down the food chain, you don't get that honesty. Whereas if we sit at board level, at director level, and we engage with the business owners, she's the business owner that recognises something is, hate to use the phrase, misaligned. They're probably say out of kilter between what they want their brand to be or what their brand stands for, their marketing and how the sales teams are going to market as well. So it's that honesty from the top that we need because once we've got the honesty in the conversation, then we can start to move forward. And we found, certainly I found, should say, um, having these conversations at a, at a mid-manager level, there's lots of um, protectionism, lots of, oh, we can't say that because that might not be politically correct in this business. Whereas if we can have an open and honest conversation at board level, um, yes, you do find that uh, there is this disjointed, misaligned, um, not perfect approach to how to go best about their business. So can, I'm just going to throw another stat in quickly here because it, I think it's, it's apt. Um, 87% of sales and marketing leaders say that collaboration between sales and marketing teams enables growth for their business. And that was from review in review 42 in 2021. So kind of just post-pandemic. And that just proves that stat alone proves how important it is that this, this collaboration word is being used, I think, hugely throughout business. But it's just what does collaboration stand for? What is the understanding of collaboration? What is what is, you know, how does that manifest itself? It's very easy to say, oh, we're collabor- collaborating, and then nothing changes. Mm. That's it, isn't it? So it's that following through. And I suppose, as I alluded to before, this this idea of leadership seems to be pretty crucial to me. I mean, this and, and true leadership, which is very much embracing everybody everybody involved, so that you know you are putting in place, um, you know, the, the processes, the support to to help see through your vision. So you say it's not just completely top down, and, and actually there's that. And common understanding, I suppose. Again, it comes back to that word understanding, doesn't it? Sort of, you know, what does collaboration mean? How does it manifest itself? Um, is it purely, you know, because you say someone can say, well, we have a we have a team meeting every week. And say, okay, well, let's dig into that a bit. What is that team meeting? What's on the agenda? Who gets to talk? How, what what are the actions? What are the follows up? Follow-up? What's the cultural miss? I, I think that's the fascinating element of this, isn't it? What, what are the goals? What what are the goals? What do you want? The end, you know, the end of it. What do you want out of it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Rather than on, on paper, just a sort of, uh, well, we're, you know, we've, we've ticked a box and it's ha- something's happening. But is it, yeah, did you have a common understanding of the goals that you want to achieve? And then how are, you, how are you accountable for that, I suppose, as well? I mean, are people actually then saying, well, yeah, we do have goals and you could have goals, which are just standing goals, which never really get uh, checked off, <laughs> you know, and do, do things actually happen? I suppose it's the doing, isn't it, really, and that observing of, the doing the, the the changes that you want either well either maintaining a situation or, or the changes that you want to make um and then i guess it's just those best 
I say best practices, good practices, which you need to have in place, don't you, I suppose, which I'm, I'm guessing with the kind of recommendations and things that you might be um, going into with businesses, I, I, I would presume, without giving away your uh, everything <laughs> you do, but I'm not sure. But, um, but yeah, that strikes me as that would be really critical to then, you know, enact enact change if uh, as and where it's needed in, the, in an organisation. I think it's really interesting, Sam. You said something there, which is like a word I picked up, which was accountable. And and it's making sure you know the, the right people are accountable, and that then you know accountability is then actioned upon. So you know it, it kind of goes back up to the top again. So it goes that you make it that the board, the business owners, are accountable then of what happens for the bigger picture. Yeah, I mean because at the beginning it's it's going to, it it will involve change, and people do hate change and resist change and don't like it. And you've got to make sure that the the, the shareholders and the people on the board are noticing that those week now weekly meetings that you're having are actually producing something. You're not just all sitting there being really pissed off because it's a waste of time, but you've actually said, oh, yes, we've had the weekly meeting. It's for the senior management to say, the senior leadership team to say, I want to know the results of that meeting and not just, yes, we met and so-and-so said this, but we met, so-and-so said this, and this has changed as a result. It's not just good enough to say, oh, yeah, we've had the meeting, because otherwise you haven't aligned at all. You've just got cross in a meeting. I, I uh, had a conversation with someone about a month ago who was in, being employed by a business as a change manager and, and not too dissimilar to what we do here. They want to um, in, uh, develop some internal systems to help the communication within the business. And all that happened was the existing directors and managers relinquished the responsibility to the change manager and they're probably in a worse position than they were three months ago because they're not bought into the process and the whole thing. I mean, alignment does have to be bought into by senior management. The senior management leadership team have to have agreed around the board meeting, we are going to do this with our business. And they will then start driving it through the business. And is there really, I suppose I'm fascinated by the the human aspects, wealth, human rule. All the people we're talking about are all human beings, of course. And as we quite often come back to with this podcast, it goes back to the actual human dimension of it. So I suppose as well in this, you know, there has to be that joint understanding of, as you say, how other elements of the business work, that joint purpose, et cetera. But does there also have to be that sort of motivation? So people are really thinking, well, yeah, this is, as you say, it's not just another thing for me to do in my day, in my already very busy day. It's actually something which is, it's really important or it's critical for the future success of the business and my future success within my role and my team. So I guess you have to really kind of get that across and then build build that, I guess, what am I trying to say, like an understanding, but also a kind of a, you know, on a manager or director level basis, they've got that real, yeah, this this is actually this is something I am bought into. And yes, I can see that it's it's having positive results for the business as a whole, but also for me and my team. But I guess you, you need sort of some metrics or some level of degree of understanding to that, do you think, to, to actually make that then successful across all the different teams that you might be working with, do you think? I think you're right. And I think you have to be in a position to hear some quite tricky answers. As a, as a manager, you're going to get people saying, well, I can't go and talk to sales about that because I haven't got time. And you're going to have to have some tricky conversations where you say, actually, you're, we're going to have to change what you do as your job because it's so important that you talk to sales about this that I don't. I want you to not do this. So people may have to 
actually change people's work structures, um, which can be difficult and awkward. So it's not as if alignment is just, oh, well, yes, we'll all just become aligned. We'll just, all we've got to do is hold hands and then it's all fine. That's You can't sort of align. You have to have it in people's consciousness. And so people are going to have to give things up to become aligned, potentially, or do things they don't want to do, you know. So that's, that's on the early part of your, your question I was talking about is um, it, that means more work for me. Uh, the, for me, that's a, it's a bit of a misnomer because all we're doing is changing behaviours ever so slightly, not asking people to do more, but actually becomes easier because the, the team, your team, and the other teams around you, and then ultimately the business, start to think in one way. And if you think, going back to the football analogy, if you look at uh, how the England women's team did recently, and they're probably ranked fifth or sixth as a technical um, ability uh, globally. Um, but actually, they understood the very, very clear communication from their manager, everybody's individual role, every department within the, within the first 11, and then every everybody played a part within the team. So whenever they came on, they all knew the same language, what was expected of them, and how they moved around the field as a team. They moved forward as 11, they came back as 11, they stood in the middle as 11. And that's ultimately how they how they won that championship. Technically, they weren't the best team. And that's that's accepted by the manager in the, in the post-interview. There were, there were actually more technically gifted teams there, but they operated as a complete unit under one understanding with, with some fantastic communication. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I like that analogy because it makes, as you say, it's that, as we said before, it's that common understanding of how all the different facets and people of the team work. And it's also, I suppose, that, you know, communication, but also the word we used earlier on as well, the confidence, isn't it? Because, I mean, they say on you know, sports psychology, it's, you know, you can be greater than some of your parts, can't you, through that confidence of, you know, if you have that confidence in knowing how are the elements or how other people work in an organisation, then, you know, as you say, you're not necessarily creating more work. You think, well, I, I'm not responsible for that, but I know very well that's, that's an area where this team, this person, this individual does that. And, I can focus on this strength or this area that I'm supposed to focus on. So you're not actually having to do more, as you say. You're, you're actually, you know, you have greater, uh, you, you know, there's less, I suppose, less duplication or crossover perhaps in, in roles as well, potentially. So absolutely, yeah, very much not being something where you have to do more, take more responsibility um, or, or more work in a particular role. Yeah, that's no, really, like that analogy a lot. It's almost, you know, working smarter, not harder. And you know, the, the, the German team, going back to that uh, communication, Nick, the, uh, the German team came on with a piece of paper. I don't know whether you can remember in the, in the World Cup final as, as their communication tool. And, you know, I think England, they knew exactly what they're doing from the get go. They didn't need any bits of paper coming on as, you know, to kind of change direction of the result. Do you know what? That I, I remember exactly that piece of paper. Do you know, at the time, I remember shouting out, um, so I was watching this Arsenal on holiday, actually. I, I was watching it with Italian uh, commentary, uh, but I could see what was <laughs> going on. And I remember that piece of paper, like a sort of an A5 piece of paper coming on. And I've never seen anything quite like that. I've seen people, players being briefed before they go on by an assistant coach. And then they've got, OK, right, you're switching there, you're going there. But there seems to be a huge amount of scrutiny in this piece of paper going, right, so... Let me just take you through this. Um, there's a five-point plan here. Da-dum, 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 da-dum. And this person, this substitute going on and talking through this, this very complicated <laughs> idea. And I thought, exactly that, yeah. Why do you need to do that at this stage? What they needed was a PowerPoint. <laughs> Good, Sam, do you know why? Do you know why? Because in their training and in, 
in the lead up to that game and into the other games is they didn't understand what, what that alignment meant to that team and if something went wrong, how they would counteract it. And yeah, we, we've all laughed and joked about this bit of paper uh, over the last couple of weeks or so, but um, it, it, TV cuts in different ways. But even when England put substitutes on, I don't see anybody, I didn't see anybody getting the flip charts out saying you do this, you do that. <laughs> it was just two players stood there, right? Go on, you know what you've got to do. Yeah. And uh, and there's also the consistency of the selection, wasn't it? I mean, it's the same starting 11 every single time. And clear, I mean, okay, you know, we don't want to go too far in sporting nowadays, obviously, <laughs> words injuries, but. There was that consistency, wasn't there, I suppose, as well, that consistency. And they knew, you know, their, their leader, their manager had this clear vision and clearly to be very well communicated. And, and it was living and living and thriving. I suppose that's the thing I was trying to get to with the human side of it. Something like this has to live and thrive in the minds of the people in the business because that's ultimately what it is, isn't it? It's all the individuals, all the human beings who are actually delivering and working on, on this vision, whatever it might be for whatever enterprise. That's where it lives. And, and of course, it's, it's manifest in the experience of the customers and you know evolves with the experience of the customers but it's something that has to live and thrive um uh, and be supported by the tools the leadership the processes i guess in, in the organization to help you continue to, to, to deliver that that sense of alignment i suppose if, if that makes any sense at all and if, but if you bring that back into the business world that vision is your brand strategy that's your brand tone of voice that's where the brand sits above it all and then it's pushed out so everyone is talking, feeling, engaging in the same way. Perfect. Gosh, I think oh, we've all sort of hit a sort of a note and gone, wow, we've, we've cracked it. Let's all <laughs> sing Sweet Caroline. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What a perfect note to end on. Funnily enough, I've got the music here. And wow. Well, I don't know. I, I personally feel I, I think we've done a really interesting exploration of the subject there, actually. And I, I found it really fascinating you know, hearing from all of you about, you know, a, and clearly, this being a um, a clear issue, um, or well, a, a challenge that can be that can be addressed, can't it? And and I, I think it's a really interesting uh, proposition that you have with uh, with Connect. Um, so I don't know. I'm probably, I suppose throw it out there to any of you who wanted to just give a, a maybe perhaps a summary up about where Connect is, how you're, you know, how you can be found, and and what sort of any of the next steps might be for anybody who's listening to this, who's um, you know. Uh, looking into this area, perhaps anybody would like to take up the reins on that? Okay. If anyone would like to talk to us, we have a website. It's um, connectsolutions.co.uk. That's connectsolutions, one word, .co.uk. Um, and you'll be able to find our ethic there and what we're trying to achieve for you. And it's got some very interesting stats on there, which will show you that those people that do connect, it makes a big difference. So it's not just something we've kind of manufactured and think, oh, well, we'll just worry everybody. There's some real evidence on there that shows that it does actually work. And if you want to email us, you can email us on align at connectsolutions.co.uk connectsolutions or you can find us on LinkedIn as well. And we will we'll be really interested in talking to anybody, um, whatever level of, of, of um, in the company you are, um, if you feel there's a problem or you feel that you could be you could be doing it better, we would love to talk to you to see how we might be able to help. Great. Thank you very much. Well, that's 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 marvellous. And um, I'm sure people will be interested to uh, to look into that area with, with you guys. And um, it's well, obviously it's always a pleasure to talk to you all as well. It's, it's, it's fantastic to, to have you and to have welcoming back Andrew and Nick on on the pods. And I'm sure if anybody's looking up, um, you know, uh, I'll find you guys on, on LinkedIn as well. If approaching you individually as well. Um, so we'll, we'll obviously link that in our descriptions uh, posting this. But um, 
yes, I, I think it only really remains for me to say thank you very much, uh, Nick, Nick and Andrew, and uh, well, obviously Sam, of course, as, as ever. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the contributions today. Um, if anyone's looking for us, um, you'll be able to find us on Marty Meanders on, on LinkedIn, we're on, on Facebook, and you can also, if you want to email us, you can email us at meanderspod at gmail.com and uh, with any questions or interesting topics you want to discuss and we'll, we'll take it from there so um thank you very much once again everyone uh, really enjoyed that and um yeah bye for now thank you bye everyone